Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Hour number two of 6.30 Inside Sports. Underway here, six minutes after 7 o'clock. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins. Thanks to Reed for his time in Buffalo, spending the first hour with us, uh, batting around, uh, well, mostly about P.K. Subban and the possibility of him becoming a member of the Edmonton Oilers. Also uh, at the tail end of that conversation, uh, talking about uh, who likely the Oilers will take if they keep the fourth overall pick. Matthew Kachuk, that's who uh, Reed was leaning towards, or Pierre-Luc Dubois, or who knows who else could be in that uh, in that mix. So it's going to be uh, potentially, I'll say potentially, a quite the wild scene tomorrow when the Oilers, uh, uh, it's their turn to draft. What will they do, trade it or keep? the pick. As uh, we give you this Crystal Glass scoreboard brought to you by Crystal Glass for all your glass needs, call 310-GLASS today. CFL is underway for the 2016 season at BMO Field. Beautiful BMO Field. It looks good down there, folks. It's nice to see uh, nice to see fans in the seats. A great atmosphere for football. Unfortunately, not a great scene for the Toronto Argos as they're down 18-3 to to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, we keep the draft talk going NHL entry draft coverage begins tomorrow 4 o'clock until 9 o'clock with uh, Reed Wilkins, Jack Michaels, Bob Stoffer, who also will be uh, on the air from noon until 2 from Buffalo uh, with Oilers now. He joins us now. Bob, how you doing? Good, Dave. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Thanks for joining us uh, this evening. And uh, I tell you what, this this chatter about P.K. Subban to the Oilers, and we know what the, the tweet was earlier. We've talked about it. Uh, George LaRock, former Oiler, tweeting uh, uh, that Subban for Leon Dreisaitl in the fourth overall pick, and there's been lots of talk about that. And I don't know, where, where do you sit on this on this chatter? It's definitely a defenseman that the Oilers, you would think, would, would love to have in their roster, but does it make sense? Well, I mean, we, we talked about uh, P.K. Subban Subban a lot today in orders. Now, the perspective was the range of defenseman right shot that would be out there for Edmonton to obtain, and Peter Shirelli talked about maybe there's only 12 number one defensemen. Well, P.K. Subban's the number one defenseman, but the cost would be huge. And I hypothesize that the minimum starting point starting point would be Leon Dreisaitl in the number four overall pick. And we'd be naive to believe, Dave, that you know, the Canadians wouldn't ask for one of uh, either Oscar Clefbaum or Darnell Nurse, and still plus plus. And anybody that listened to that show during the, you know, the hour and a half that I was on earlier today knows that we kept on talking plus plus because the, the genesis of any sort of discussion like this, I always go back to Chris Pronger and what Edmonton got there. You know, they got Lupaloot scored 28 goals the year before uh, for Anaheim back in 06. Uh, they got Vladislav Schmid, who was a ninth overall pick as a defenseman. 
and then plus plus plus, which turned out to be uh, you know uh, a number one, uh, another number one, and a two. So mm-hmm. I was a little surprised to see George's more succinct suggestion, uh, saying that it was just for the two pieces, because I'd be stunned if the Canadians would do that. And, and I got to tell you, I'd be hard pressed if I'm the Oilers. Conversely, to be looking at moving, uh, say hypothet- uh, hypothetically, the number four overall pick, Dry Settle, went third and fourteen, and Nurse, who went seventh and thirteen. To me, that's too much. So, yeah. Um, anyhow, I mean, I, I and then we heard tonight from Mark Bergevin. I would suggest it'd be a, a real long shot for Edmonton to obtain uh, PK Subban. But I will say this: I do think that Bergevin's entertaining discussions on Subban, he can say they're coming to me, that spin. Uh, Michelle Perrion, perhaps he's tired a bit of PK. I wonder if there comes a point where the Canadians players tire of Michelle Perrion, and I'm going to go back, Dave Campbell, to George LaRock. He used to do uh, my other show at the other station. He used to be a fairly regular contributor. He was not a big Michelle Perrion fan himself. So, uh, Do I think Subban might be available? I think there's an outside chance to trade it. The Canadians want a huge uh, return, and Edmonton has the accumulation of the pieces to potentially make it happen, but it's got to be on the Oilers' terms, not on the Canadians for me. Definitely from a, you know, you look at the a salary perspective, it doesn't make a lot of sense for the Oilers because they're just taking on so much salary yeah. compared to the salary that they'll be, you know, be giving up in that scenario, so... Does one of the $6 million players make more sense? Like, does a Ryan Nugent Hopkins make more sense uh, than a than a Leon Dreisaitl? Yeah, but if I'm Merzman, I'm asking for Leon. Right. That, that's going there. I mean, let's, let's just say it was hypothetically the, the Canadians must have Leon, Nurse, and the four. For me, it's over at that point, and you're talking about 5.1 million, excluding whatever the four turns out to be. And we could assume it'd be purely to walk, but that's 5.1 million, including rookie bonuses. If the orders would be taken back nine million bucks, uh, I would think that a player along the lines of a, you know, in that scenario, for Edmonton to even consider doing it, I mean, there would have to be another contract going. Maybe that contract would be Korpisovsky. Maybe that contract would be. Mark Payne, but again, I just I think the ask is going to be so huge from the Canadians. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I think has happened here, Dave, is I'm led to believe, I mean, you look at what happened in the relationship with, with PK and, and the uh, and the Canadians' management team. Like, like They bridged them. They didn't take them right from 0 to 60. And now we're finding the teams that go ahead and sign players out of uh, ELCs and buy into their uh, RFA years actually get better deals on players. Mm-hmm. Well, the Canadians bridged them, and then they got hammered in the next deal. And my understanding is that the Subban camp bypassed Mark Bergman and negotiated that deal with Jeff Molson, the owner wow. of the Canadians. So, you know, like I don't know. I is where there's smoke, there's a little bit of fire when it comes to to me the potential of Subban moving. But I just think the ask for it is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, it, it would be hard to do. I think. All right, uh, it, it's interesting too because Mark Bergevin, on on his perspective, you know, uh, he didn't exactly close the door on trading. No, he or... did. No, he, no, he did not. Dave, he did not. 
So it's got to be a deal, like you say, that's going to just absolutely floor him and that, you know, he's going to be comfortable in doing. And uh, can the Oilers risk making that type of deal? So I see I see where you're going here, Bob. As uh, Bob yep. Stoffer joins us here from Buffalo, New York, here on 630 Chad Inside Sports. NHL entry draft begins tomorrow. First round coverage right here on 630 Chad with uh, Bob Reed, Jack Michaels, 4 o'clock until 9 o'clock. The Oilers right now with the fourth overall pick. So as far as the trade scenarios go, What's the most likely scenario for Peter Shirelli wow. if he can get something done at this draft? Well, and I talked about different ranges. So, you know, you got the, the 1% chance you can cobble something together for Subban that's agreeable to both parties. You know, I look at the Islanders, and some have suggested Boychuk. I mean, you know, he played for Peter in, in Boston. Um, to me, Hammonick's price point makes more sense. But, you know, if you're talking Hall, as a running mate, a la Tyler Sagan for Jamie Benn, Hall is a running mate to John Tavares. To me, it would have to be, you know, uh, Travis Hamannick at, you know, he's $0.8 million cap hit plus plus. So we're talking a prospect plus a first-round pick. That's the starting point. Again, you know, you're giving up a substantial player in Taylor Hall that is in a top four or five left wing in the National High because he's got an absolute possession driver for Remix. Tyson Berry, maybe we're, we're talking a different scenario, you know. Uh, I'm told Winnipeg's looking for a center. They've got three right-shot defensemen. Could you do a three-way with Winnipeg where you flip, you know, you went out and, you know, you're looking at basically three $6 million players between a guy like Nugent Hopkins and Truba for Berry, as an example. So mm-hmm. Nugent Hopkins to Winnipeg, Winnipeg sends Truba to Edmonton, Edmonton sends Truba to uh, Denver for Tyson Berry. I do think Denver's a, a Colorado Avalanche are a team to watch, Dave. Um, similar to Montreal, I, I don't know about the shelf life of the head coach. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of interesting things out of Colorado. I saw Joe Sackick. I flew in the plane with them. They look stressed. They're mm-hmm. in a, you know, I wonder if the blooms come off the rose a bit on Patrick Waugh's coach. And uh, and sometimes the guys out of Quebec League they they have a little bit different perspective on how they handle their players and how they handle officials and that sort of thing. And yeah. so those shelf lives get a little bit selfish. So we've talked about three different guys there: Subban, Hamannik, uh, Barry, and then the low end guy. And the low end guy would be, I think, the easiest deal to do, and that would be with the Calgary Flames for a player like Weidman. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in the last year of his deal. Say Peter Shirelli, Dave talked about. You know, are we looking at uh, a temporary solution where you wouldn't have to move one of the six million dollar players. Maybe the owners I'm gonna go back to Korpakovsky. Maybe they would move a Korpakovsky at two point five and take back Weidman at five two five. Save the Flames some money. The Flames are gonna need the money because they gotta go get a goalie plus they gotta get uh, Monahan, Goodrow and Colburn signed. So mm-hmm. there's kind of your ranges of, of what might kind of make sense. But again I you know I think there's a lot going on here. Yeah, for sure. Bob Stoffer joining us from uh, Buffalo, New York, side of the NHL entry draft, uh, which uh, first round coverage tomorrow, right here on 6.30, Chad, 4 until 9 o'clock. Rounds 2 through 7, and that coverage, and who knows what could happen that day. They always made a couple of deals on on the Saturday last year, but uh, coverage uh, starts here at 8 in the morning and runs until 11 o'clock in the morning. So if the scenario happens that the Oilers 
don't like the deal or the calls or the talks about their number four overall pick and they keep it. Um, it seems to be, am I correct that it's down to Pierre-Luc Dubois and Matthew Kachuk as the, as the two the Oilers would likely uh, consider taking? I think they take a chuck. I, there is one other defenseman whose name has made the round tonight. That's Cam Fowler. Now, the owners need to write shot. All four of the players I mentioned before, Subban, uh, Barry, Hamannick, and Weidman are all right shots. Uh, Fowler at $4 million bucks. you know, it's a pretty good price point, but he's a left-shot guy. He played well for Anaheim. I think the owners might have to investigate that as well. Can they flip a couple guys over to the right? Well, he definitely flipped Davidson over there mm-hmm. and possibly Clefbaum as well. If they hold the pick, I believe they're taking uh, Matthew Kachuk. I've actually got Sergachev ranked ahead of Dubois at this point, and there's a lot to like in Dubois. Big physical specimen, can skate. Uh, I think that Sergachev is very enticing because he's got a the dynamic to be a number two NHL defenseman, and Kachuk for me would be the perfect complement for Connor McDavid. So uh, I think he merits serious consideration in that spot. All right. Well, there's uh, lots of speculation, going to be lots of chatter and uh, lots of drama potentially here uh, leading up to that fourth overall pick. So uh, you're down there with Reed, with Jack. You got it all covered. We appreciate your time tonight, Bob. Have uh, have a great, great night Dave. in uh, Buffalo. Dave, hope I didn't ramble much. Keep her between the lines, buddy. You betcha. Take care. Bob Stoffer, host of uh, Oilers Now and the analyst on our broadcast here on uh, the Oilers Radio Network. So interesting discussion. And uh, so you got a few perspectives on this. One, the Oilers really need this asset or this type of player, um, a number one defenseman, which are hard to do and are hard to get, as Peter Shirelli said. But on the other hand, what price are you willing to pay for that for that piece that you need. So that's interesting. 780-496-0063 is the phone number. Uh, if you want to bat this around, uh, we'll talk about this for the balance of the hour. Uh, also, you can text in at 630-630. Lots of text to get to as well. We are here for Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. Back with more Inside Sports in a moment. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Reed down in uh, Buffalo, New York. NHL entry draft first round tomorrow here on this very radio station, 4 o'clock until 9 o'clock. What will the Oilers do with the number four pick? Uh, JR texts in and says, How much does. The threat of Vancouver, Colorado getting Subban affect his decision. Well, I think you, if you're Peter Shirelli, you have to do what's best for you. You can't, you know, you can't uh, just because you hear rumblings that the Canucks are going to do something or offer this or Colorado offer that. I mean, there's obviously competitiveness in deals, but you have to make sense about it as well. It, It has to make some sense. And if it doesn't make sense for Peter Shirelli at the end of the day, then, well, he's probably not going to make that deal. Let's go to uh, the phone lines here. Shorty from Fort Mac. Hey, go ahead. Hey, yeah. So the uh, I, we can't do it with dry saddle. There's just not enough money coming back. We'd be hooping ourselves. So the way I see it going down is Nuge, Yak, and the fourth for uh, 
for Subban and, the, and their ninth. Um, we we, we got to be giving out the money in, and there's always the Yak, Galchenyuk uh, connection from uh, back to juniors. Mm-hmm. Okay, so too much money. That's that's what it comes down to you. Too much salary to take on there. It, it, it would have to be. And the other one yeah. I'm thinking, but I'm not sure if it's a doable scenario or if it even makes sense for both parties is uh, for Anaheim would be Pouliot uh, for Fowler. Yeah, and you know Bob talked about that Fowler is in play apparently. So, uh, and someone that the Oilers, uh, you know, it would fit with on, especially with the right shot D. So, uh, and you know, there's been speculation could Pouliot be moved, especially with you know the, the the potential of Milan Lucic coming to Edmonton, if that happens. That you know you may that's a piece maybe you you move out and so we'll we'll that's something we'll watch for as well. But uh, bottom line, you say there's no way the Oilers can take on that much salary. No, they can't. They'll just be tying their ankles too too much. Should be there. Yeah, just be hooping themselves. All right, Shorty. Thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate it. I believe as well that uh, the Oilers inquired with the Montreal Canadiens at the trade deadline. Would you like Yakupov? And the Canadians said no, no. And you know, I thought, and I think it's a natural thought to, you know, hey, they played together in junior. It's a natural fit. Well, for the Canadians, they didn't think so. The stock on Nail Yakupov has plummeted. What did the coach of the world championship team say for Russia? Why didn't you take Yakupov? Well, sometimes addition is by subtraction. Ouch. I think Yakupov gets moved somehow. Uh, but I don't know how. <laughs> Clearly, if the Canadians didn't want him then, then I don't know why they would want him now. Uh, Chris from Phoenix, go ahead. Hey, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, is it a 10-year anniversary since the Oilers made the uh, playoffs? And who did we trade for that season? I believe it was uh, a Chris Pronger. Correct. Wouldn't it be amazing to uh, to, to pick up P.K. Subban and then uh, make the playoffs and then maybe win Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals? <laughs> I love the scenario you are painting, Chris. I love it. (laughs) Hey, uh, I I was one of the guys that I call into the show a lot. uh, That I I really didn't think that we could get Subban. I was I was thinking that it was going to take the fourth uh, one of Hall Duge plus one of the defensemen. And if that's what it would cost, then you know that's definitely not worth it to me. Yeah. But if 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 it's only uh, a Drysital plus the fourth, then I would try to manipulate it like everybody else is trying to trying to do and uh, put Nuge in there along with the fourth and maybe a second or a third round pick because I, I just don't see uh, Montreal doing Nuge and the fourth for Subban and their ninth. Yeah. So I think we're going to have to throw in a little sweetener in there for that ninth. And then I'm still I'm still going after Milan, Milan Lucic and then uh, trading away uh, Benoit Pouliot because then you add Milan Lucic and Subban, and then somehow if we could uh, trade away uh, Yakupov for spare parts or a fourth or third or whatever, I really don't care, and then add another uh, third-line center, uh, this team is vastly improved. You're looking at uh, you're looking at a playoff a playoff caliber team. Whether or not we're going to yeah. go deep in the playoffs is a different story because there's always tweaks and and, and stuff here. But uh, yeah, that 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 team's looking a lot better than uh, what we ended the season with. So uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be an interesting 24 hours, 28 to 48 hours. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm scared. I'm I'm a little bit of everything. So <laughs> let's go, Oilers. 
All right, Chris, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Interesting stuff. 780-496-0063 is the telephone number. You can uh, text in at 630-630 as well. You can also drop me a tweet at Dave underscore Ched. News is next from the 630 Ched 24-Hour News Center with Thomas Dias. More NHL draft talk, trade talk. Oilers, Subban, yes, no, what do you think? We'll bat it around next half hour. Campbell in for Wilkins on this Thursday evening edition of Inside Sports. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chat. Halfway done. We got another half a show to go here. 630 Chat Inside Sports. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins, who's down in Buffalo, New York. Thanks to Reed. Thanks to Bob Stoffer for their time in Buffalo. Don't party it up. Well, it's Buffalo. It's Buffalo, Kellen Kennedy, on the other side of the glass. How you doing? Doing good. Home of the Buffalo Wing. The Buffalo we were, Wing. We were discussing earlier this week with Reed, uh, you know, the the history of the Buffalo Wing and the uh-huh. Wild Wing and that stuff. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Now, I wonder if they serve wings for breakfast. You know, ooh, wings, egg supreme, or something like that. We will that. have to ask when he comes back. There might be a breakfast menu. Yeah. Could what be. time is breakfast in Buffalo? At? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a question. Is, is it like Vegas? Is <laughs> any time breakfast time in Buffalo? <laughs> There's a good comparison. Buffalo, yeah. Vegas, right? Well, hey, <laughs> can't wait for that NHL schedule in three years' time where we see Buffalo and Vegas are playing back-to-backs, <laughs> home and homes, right? Buffalo better start winning soon yeah, because Vegas exactly. might be an attractive location mm-hmm. regardless of results and that sort of thing. So you're here tomorrow night Yes. for uh, the yep. old NHL draft extravaganza. Mm-hmm. So uh, what are you expecting uh, besides, you know, crazy? Oh, well, I expect the first two picks to go the way that everybody's saying. I think that Matthews is going to the Leafs, and I think Winnipeg will be going for line A. Yeah. Uh, if they don't go for line A, I think that there's something something might have popped up or there's something very askew with their pre-scouting or something to not go with line A. I because read- I think line A and Winnipeg and, and Matthews and Toronto are actually really good matches for each yeah. other. Yeah. I read a, a funny tweet uh, mm. from a uh, actually he's a Winnipeg Blue Bombers blo- uh, blogger mm. and uh, you know he's a Jets fan too. He says it would be so Jets. Yeah. It would be so Jets to draft Jesse Pugliarvi yeah. over Patrick Laine. Yeah. Just be just the thing that the Jets would do. Well, in its previous carnation as the Atlanta Thrashers, this is the team that took Patrick Steffen as <laughs> number first overall, right? Back in what? 02? Yep, that's yeah. right. And uh, the only the only thing Patrick Stefan really did was have the most famous gaffe in NHL history, or one of them anyway. But one of Rexall moments or Rexall Place's greatest moments. As yeah, we that's right. Heard. I, I was there that night. Yep, couldn't believe it. I was working <laughs> actually, and I it was wild. And I remember, I remember sticking my mic in the scrum, and he just seemed so like, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. You mm-hmm. know, oh, it's something I'll remember for the rest of my life. And I just kept thinking. You just don't get it there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it shows you you got it when you draft. You got to do your homework when you draft. And, you know, some teams take a chance, maybe on someone that they know that they maybe shouldn't have taken a chance yeah. on, or they had no idea something they missed in the scouting. So that's yeah. why so much pressure at that level. Oh, huge. Know? Not that we're saying that, you know, either Matthews or Line is going to end up being, you know, Patrick Stefan or Alexander Dig later on. I think these guys are actually 
probably in line for long NHL careers. But yeah, you know, that's just you, you. Every year there's the draft darlings that you know go on to the superstar careers, right? You have the sleepers in the draft that are guys that are you know maybe picked late first round, early second round, in like Datsuk's case, dead last or close to dead last yeah. with Hornquist and that stuff, right? And then you got the guys who are uh, picked in the top five and are the Steve Kellys and the Jason Bonds and yours of the world, right? So Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, do your best to keep reading the line. Oh, always. that's a that's a challenge in itself, <laughs> especially on draft night. But, hey, looking forward to it. It's going to be fun tomorrow. So by 8 o'clock, you'll be laughing hysterically? Oh, yeah. Probably? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll be uh, <laughs> popping the crazy pills and rocking back and forth. And Draft coverage with Kellen Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, that's my best crazy. Well, moment, we we should do something <laughs> on uh, the brand split night. You know, when they when WWE brand. Uh, yes, I'm talking yes. wrestling. Yes. Just patience, everyone. Just spoiler alert. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yes, yeah. brand split. Yeah, that's right. Well, hey, quickly too, the kind of wrestling, but more UFC MMA related. Uh, CM Punk's first fight got announced today. Yeah. September 10th at UFC 203. Yeah, and I was reading it was going to be 202. Now, 202 is in Vancouver, but yeah, yeah. you said the promoter wants to... They're, they're pushing it back, yeah. I think. It's not an injury issue with Punk. It's 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 a promoter thing. Where they're probably having an issue trying to sell tickets for 203 because I think right. the main event is uh, oh, Alistair Overeem versus uh, uh, Milchek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I'll take your word for there it. we go. Yeah, <laughs> the the bigger name out of the two there for me is Overeem, but there you yeah. go. But uh, yeah, so the, I imagine that that's why they moved that fight just to sell more tickets and that stuff. Now, whether Punk does good in that fight or not, who knows? Yeah. Uh, when does UFC 200 take place in Brock Lesnar's fight? Uh, July, early July. Early July. Early July. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And the uh, brand split draft. July 19th. July 19th. Mm-hmm. The, and I believe that's the day that Roman Reigns' suspension is up, right? Mm, or is it one no, more day No, two left? days later. Two days the 21st, later. 21st, yeah. Well, he'll get drafted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, Kevin Jesus from Global says, uh, talk brand split, I'll be a guest analyst, LOL. There. We can bring Kevin in. Sure. Why not? He's an avid wrestling guy. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. All right. Kevin Kennedy's got the worst job. Nah, he's got the best job. The best job is keeping Reed Wilkins in line. Oh, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Wilkie's Wilkie's pretty harmless. Yeah. So there you go. The worst job is keeping Andrew Gross in line, but that's a different story. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. There you go. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, Okay. Gross Gross and I have been giving little barbs at each other this week. So Yeah, I don't know why. He started it. Oh. Well, if he started it, you got to finish it, right? Sure. Except with him, it could go on forever. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. I, I think he's testing me for something. I'm not sure what. <laughs> well, happy needling. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 741. Uh, just about to, or they have begun third quarter action uh, there at uh, BMO Field in Toronto, where it's been a tough night for the Argos. Uh, Ricky Ray, uh, 123 yards passing in the first half, and uh, having trouble with, uh, well, protection issues. There's some issues up front and issues all around for the Toronto Argos because they're losing right now 18-3 to the Hamilton Tiger Cats at BMO Field. Tomorrow night in Winnipeg, the uh, Bombers host the Montreal Alouettes. On Saturday, the BC Lions host the Calgary Stampeders. And right here in Edmonton on the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium, uh, the Eskimos will open up their defense of their Grey Cup title 
as they'll take on the Ottawa Red Blacks. 5 o'clock is the kickoff. 3.30 is the pregame show right here on 6.30. Chad will talk more Eskimos with Blake Dermott, our in-game analyst here on 6.30. Chad broadcast of the Edmonton Eskimos. So you can text in at 6.30, 6.30. You can... Uh, also, tweet me at Dave underscore Chad. You can also uh, call in at 780-496-0063. Gavin asks uh, on 63630, where does Montreal pick in the draft compared to the Oilers? Uh, ninth overall. And that's why all this talk about P.K. Subban, it, it, it's an interesting discussion because it's a, it's something the Oilers need desperately in their on their team if they can get this asset. But... Uh, I found it strange in this rumor that if I'm Peter Shirelli, I'm asking for that ninth pick. You don't want to be left completely out in the cold in this draft uh, because the top three have been pretty much determined. I say pretty much because there's that thought in the back of my head, will Columbus just throw everything in absolute disarray by drafting Matthew Kachuk? at number three and dropping Jesse Pugliarvi to four. Not that that's the worst thing ever because Pugliarvi was very, very good uh, this past season at World Juniors and World Championships and, you know, just a very, very good hockey player. But it sounds like the Oilers are really coveting Matthew Kachuk. So, but then you have uh, four till about, I don't know, 16, 17, 18 for the fourth pick to the 18th pick could be anybody could be interchangeable you know and I think Matthew Kachuk has kind of separated himself from everybody else and maybe Pierre-Luc Dubois has as well so maybe we're talking you know five six overall and uh, down to maybe 18th or 20th or you know somewhere in that range by the way Hamilton now 25-6 lead over the Toronto Argos early in the third uh, quarter rooting the party at uh, BMO Field. So there you go. It's interesting about the, the P.K. Subban rumors uh, from the Vancouver Canucks perspective because that is definitely a defenseman that Jim Benning has been, uh, you know, basically coveting as well. And he's called Mark Bergevin about, reports say, about P.K. Subban and that there's talk that, maybe that's the pick that the Canadians are looking at as the fifth overall pick because it seems to be a fait accompli from most people that Matthew Kachuk's going to be drafted by the Oilers if they keep that pick and they want Pierre-Luc Dubois with the fifth overall pick and the Canadians could slot him in as a winger they could slot him in as a center probably a center because they're so depleted at the center ice position so um but I would think the Oilers would want the ninth pick if there's any trade involved with the Montreal Canadiens. And they could draft a defenseman or Logan Brown, who is uh, definitely someone that Peter Shrelly would like in his lineup as far as the type of player that he is, big, strong, physical, can score, that sort of thing. Uh, Yakushev says, I know the Oilers need an improvement on defense, but don't overpay for Subban, who is already overpaid. It's all about winning games, and you can honestly say the Oilers would win more games with Subban than they would with Hopkins. Subban has issues and weaknesses and is a Norris Trophy caliber defenseman. Like, I'm sorry. He is, when Peter Shirelli talks about, you know, there's 12 number one defensemen, P.K. Subban is one of them. And there was a text earlier that said, well, who would you consider a number one defenseman? Well, P.K. Subban's in there, Eric Carlson of the Senators, Brent Burns of the Sharks, Chris Letang of the Penguins. Uh, you could argue that perhaps 
Nashville has one in one A with Shea Weber and Roman Yossi. John Klingberg is definitely knocking on the door as a number one defenseman. Mark Giordano's a number one defenseman. Oliver Ekman Larson's a number one defenseman. Ryan Suter is. Drew Doughty is. Dustin Bufflin is. Definitely PK Subban is in that mix. So they're not getting a absolute disaster of a defenseman here. They're, if the Oilers were to acquire P.K. Subban, they, they, it's a Norris Trophy defenseman who can get 60-plus points on the back end. That's something that you just you know don't scoff at. But I will agree, it is a very hard deal to do. Dreisaitl makes sense because for the Canadians, they're getting someone with a tremendous upside. Tremendous. And yeah, for the Oilers, it makes more sense. Well, take Nugent Hopkins. But for the Canadians, they look at that and go, yeah, but we think Drysaddle has a a bigger, a, a much higher ceiling than Nugent Hopkins. But the money is, ugh, the money's tough. And then what does Peter Shirley do? You know, because I'm convinced one of the three is going. Now you have to trade two. What if Milan Lucic comes here, which I think is a problematic deal myself, uh, just because of the uh, the money situation. So, uh, we'll see. There's a lot of moving parts here. Jake is uh, up first here, or up next here on uh, Inside Sports. Hey, Jake. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. You? Not too bad. Thanks for having me. I just um, want to comment on the whole PK Subban thing. I really hope the Oilers don't make a deal for him. I just don't, cap-wise, I don't think it really makes sense. Uh, when there are other pieces to be had, like uh, you know maybe a Jacob Truba or a Travis Hamonic, uh or even Seth Jones for a for a much lower price. Mm-hmm. Oh, you there, Jake? Oh, we lost Jake. Um, so I, I kind of see what he's saying is Subban. Yes, uh, that's a high ceiling to get to. So you go down to the next rung, and there's some good defensemen on the next tier, and the defensemen that he mentioned. So. Yeah, I see his point there. Uh, Carl is up next. Hey, Carl. Hey, Dave. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. Quick question. So, I, well, I was going to I'll give you kind of my my thought here first. I, I The P.K. Subban contract, you're right. If Lucic is going to come, that's going to cause you some issues. But um, with P.K. Subban, I mean, he's going to bring in, to me, there's that energy that he brings, and I think he'd be really good for these young defensemen like Darnell Nurse. I, I just think seeing how he plays the game would be massive for them. So I guess I was wondering, do you think that if you were to put, and you kind of touched on it, if you were to go Nugent Hopkins, the, the four, and a Griffin Reinhardt, who I actually think would be more successful in Montreal than here, would you be able to get a Subban and the nine for, the, for those three pieces? Yeah, I think from Montreal's perspective, would they, would they be happy with a deal like that, right? And I just think Dreisaitl has the bigger upside. Definitely for the Oilers, it makes more sense to trade the center who's six million dollars is you know that that is tagged with a six million dollar contract in in Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but you know Bob Stoffer kind of alluded to it. Would you know would they 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 might want Darnell Nurse in that package, and I I definitely wouldn't do that. Uh, no, no, no. And Nugent Hopkins, the thing about him too is Drysidle's you know it's a bigger upside because because of the um the money because of the money, but. I mean, Nugent Hopkins has proven himself year after year after year as a very, very consistent and 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 very, you know, uh, confident player both ways on the ice. I mean, Drysaddle had a great year. Yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know that Montreal would look at that and say Drysaddle's our guy versus an established multi-year player who 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 has proven time and time again that he is a dependable go-to guy everywhere on the ice. 
Yeah, that would be an amazing salary salary shed on their part, though. <laughs> if, yeah, if, that's true. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it, I don't see this happening, to be honest with you. Like, it, it, it's someone that the Oilers would, you know, would improve their hockey team immensely having a, a Norris Trophy defenseman on their back end, but what do you give up for that asset? And that's that's tough, right? So, yeah, and so you Mon- don't think Montreal would touch that, hey, the, the four plus, like, plus a rock. Again, Reinhardt too. I mean, it's a bit of a flyer, I know, but you know, Montreal has a history of developing quality defense in the last decade. Yeah, and the thing is, if the Canadians are serious about doing this deal, and we don't know if Mark Bergevin is, but he didn't close the door either. And you look at Vancouver's uh, ability to make a deal for PK Subban; they don't have the power that the Oilers have. They have a lot of power on their roster to make this deal happen. But it's just in Peter Shirelli's mindset; he's got a really consider does this make sense so yeah and and what makes more sense to me and i agree with you is okay i'm not going to trade leon dreisaitl who's got tremendous upside but i will trade you ryan nugent hopkins but would that be enough for the montreal canadians i know for the Oilers, it makes more sense because the salary structure is a lot more even that way instead of taking on a crazy amount of money so and like when's griffin reinhardt do up for 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 a new set of terms here uh, that's a good question. I'll look that up for you. Okay, cool. Thanks for your time, Dave. All right. You betcha, Carl. Thanks for the call. It is uh, 7.51. Back with more Inside Sports in a moment. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Thank you, Mike. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Reed in Buffalo, New York, NHL entry draft. Round one coverage tomorrow begins at 4 o'clock right here on 6.30 Ched and uh, running through 9 o'clock or 2, 9 o'clock and also on Saturday, 8 to 11 in the morning, rounds 2 through 7. What will the Oilers do? Well, regardless of whatever they do, we know they'll make draft picks. Uh, any trades, they'll be all over it there on uh, 6.30 Ched. We'll talk more football in the next half hour as well. Uh, we'll talk with Blake Dermott, the uh, in-game analyst, on our broadcast here on 6.30 Chet for the Edmonton Eskimos. And uh, we'll just talk about uh, heading into this 2016 season. I saw two more predictions uh, by uh, bloggers today predicting the Eskimos finishing, I think one said third and one said fourth. So this team's not getting a lot of respect here by some. I've seen second place, I've seen first place, I've seen the best record I've seen is 12 and 6. The worst record I've seen is um, whatever Rod Peterson predicted. <laughs> Sorry, Rod. <laughs> but you kind of brought that on yourself there, buddy, a couple of months ago. <laughs> anyway, uh, by the way, Griffin Reinhardt uh, is a restricted free agent next season, making $863,000. I got that right, right, Kellen? Correct. Oh, yeah. Okay, there you go. Yep. So, and also, uh, if performance bonuses are your thing, he's got the potential to earn 2.35 mil in potential performance bonuses, but of course that was all negotiated by the Islanders, not by us. So, there you go. There you go. Uh, Subban coming to Edmonton. This is from Dennis on 630-630. Subban coming to Edmonton is great talk show fodder, but that's all that rumor is good for. Big stars from big cities do not come to a little town on the prairie. Never happen unless it's a draft pick, and they'll go anywhere. A lesser light will come, but never a Subban. Well, Dennis, he doesn't have a no trade. If he had a no trade, then yeah, he could mix the deal. But uh, from what I understand, the deal is not protected by a no trade clause. So... P.K. Subban could be traded anywhere. 
and he would have no control over it. So I get what you're saying. There are some more draws to the Oilers. New building, Connor McDavid, they need more. Winning will be the ultimate draw. And that's anywhere in the National Hockey League. News is next with the uh, with Thomas Dias from the 630 Chad 24-hour news center. Third and final hour coming coming up. Talk more draft. We'll talk some Eskimos as well. Campbell in for Wilkins on this Thursday evening edition of Inside Sports. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.